We believe that all men are created equal. The magnificent mosaic that is America. Radio beacon to radio beacon. I have a dream. Change has come to America. Believe me. Help is on the way. Knock, knock. Who's there? It's a figment of your imagination. Randy Rhodes Show. Turn up your mind. So Ron DeSanctimonious, he was very upset. Less than a week after finishing a distant second in Iowa, DeSantis suspending his campaign Sunday in a pre-taped video message that included throwing his support behind Mr. Trump. Trump is superior to the current incumbent, Joe Biden. That is clear. That's clear. I signed a pledge to support the Republican nominee, and I will honor that pledge. DeSantis' departure from the race so sudden, some supporters had already arrived at a campaign event he had scheduled hours later. I would like to have seen him stay in just to give the American electorate some choice. For Republicans, that choice now Trump or Haley, who welcomed the news of the shrinking field overnight. It's now one fella and one lady left. Haley also sharpening her attacks on Trump, highlighting his age, after Trump seemed to repeatedly confuse her with Nancy Pelosi when discussing the Capitol riots. Nikki Haley is in charge of security. We offered her 10,000 people, soldiers, National Guard, whatever they want. Haley weighing in. They're saying he got confused. When you're dealing with the pressures of a presidency, we can't have someone else that we question whether they're mentally fit to do this. She's counting on a strong showing here after a disappointing third place finish in Iowa. But two new polls released this weekend showed Haley trailing Trump by double digits here with only one day left to change minds. Don't complain about what happens in a general election if you don't vote in this primary on Tuesday. The other challenge for Nikki Haley is how fast the Republican Party (laughs) appears to be consolidating around Donald Trump. In just the last week, he's gotten the endorsements not just of Ron DeSantis, but also former candidates Vivek Ramaswamy and Tim Scott over the weekend. It's another hurdle that Haley's going to have to clear and fast to pull off that big win in New Hampshire tomorrow night. Oh, good Lord. Ron DeSantis, wasn't his uh, campaign uh, political action committee, wasn't it called Never Back Down? Wasn't it called Never, Never Back Down? Well, I guess he didn't back down. He, he fell on his face is, is, is pretty much what he did there. I, I, before New Hampshire? I mean, why are they all quitting before New Hampshire? New Hampshire would only be the second contest in a whole bunch of, con- I think there's like 50 of them. You know what I mean? Like one per state. Uh, why, why are they all quitting? What, is, what are they uh, actually hearing, getting, uh, losing? Uh, what's going on? I, I have no earthly idea, okay? This is like, uh, it's between the brothers, Kay. It's one of those. I have no earthly idea, but I could tell you that uh, DeSantis spent $50 million for, what, 33,000 votes, something around that, uh, you know, number, in Iowa. In Iowa. I mean, this is crazy town. This is madness. You spend $50 million, not even in a general election to win a state. No, you, you spend $50 million in a caucus, in the first in the nation caucus in freaking Iowa. And the turnout, just so you know, turnout in Iowa in 2016 was around 186,000. And they considered that to be unbelievably good, right? Because uh, 186,000 people caucusing in Iowa out of 3 million people, 750,000 of the 3 million are registered Republicans. 
okay? And in 2016, 186,000 of them showed up, okay? They showed up, and uh, Donald Trump lost. You know who won Iowa? Ted Cruz. (laughs) So Iowa tells you jack crap. It tells you nothing. Okay, that said, this year in Iowa, DeSantis spends $50 million, and of the 750 thousand registered republicans 110 thousand show up that's like 75 76 thousand less than people wanted to vote for ted cruz okay <laughs> and and now all of a sudden he's like okay i got the message what's the freaking message that iowa always gets it wrong and you so why why would you take your never back down campaign and back down why would you do that I'll tell you why. You want to know why? Money, donors, they're like, uh, we don't see a path. Make them see a path. We don't see a path. We don't see a way forward for you. We don't. But Nikki Haley, she came in third, and she is now, you know, uh, in New Hampshire running a campaign. I, I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. I have no earthly idea. What I can tell you is that if she only had to depend on Republicans, she would lose. She would lose in New Hampshire tomorrow. But she doesn't have to only rely on Republicans in New Hampshire because in New Hampshire, independents can vote in the Republican primary as long as, uh, you know, uh, they are registered as independents. So, you know, she could actually win. The 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 eh, 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 the moment comes when she goes to her home state of South Carolina. That's where she will lose. You know the people that know her the best, which is what they say about elections all the time. Which is you know it's crap. But the people that know her the best will, uh, you know, uh, hand her a loss. They will vote for Donald Trump, not because they know her the best, I don't think. I think because uh, they're Trumpers <laughs> is what I think, you know. Uh, but I could be wrong. But anyway, Tim Scott, who did two monumental things over the weekend. Tim Scott from South Carolina, Senator, who Nikki Haley appointed to the Senate. What? He endorsed Donald Trump. What? <laughs> It's head spinning, you know, it's just like so amazing to me. It it really is. It's it's one of those, oh my God moments. It's like uh, the Bills yesterday. (laughs) What was that guy's name? Tyler Bass. I had to learn his name. Wide right. Wide right. The Buffalo fans once again for another another 20 years. Wide right. Wide right. What's that guy's name? uh, what was his name? Norwood. Scott Norwood Scott was the Wood. original wide right. Yeah, so, that, that was in the Super Bowl. This one isn't quite as right. egregious, but it hurts just as bad, I promise it's you. It's one of those deals, though. It's one of those deals where, you know, uh, th- when, when we refer to, like, Ron DeSantis, when we refer to, a- and if you're talking to anybody who gives a damn about anything in football, you could just say, you know, Norwood. He Norwooded. You know what I mean? You could just say, or now you can say he Tyler Bassed it, you know? Uh, for those of you who don't know football, so yesterday uh, was an amazing day of football. Just totally great. All day. I cooked. I watched. We laughed. We cried. Do you know what I mean? And, uh, uh, you know, my rivalry uh, with the Bills continues. So yesterday we had this uh, KC Bills game, you know, to see, like, who goes and plays uh, Baltimore next week. And, uh, you know, I wanted the Bills to lose. But not this way. <laughs> I'm sorry. So how did they lose? Um, 
you know, a, a field goal would have won the game and uh, the kicker missed. <laughs> Just briefly. That's kind of what happened. And the kicker's name is Tyler Bass. And, and so here's what I would like to tell Tyler. Okay, Tyler. Like, we'll still say Norwood. Hardly anybody will remember your name, especially after tomorrow, because everyone will be talking about Nikki Haley and Ron DeSantis. So don't worry about it. Don't worry. It, w- it won't end up like a uh, Scott Norwood situation for you. I don't think. But it will end up like a laces out thing. I mean, it's like so, it's so unbelievable. It's It was just wow. I mean, uh, you know. But anyway, now Tyler Bass and Ron DeSantis can go home and be awkward around their own families, which is good. It's good. So like tomorrow, if Nikki Haley ekes out a win, that would be monumental. That would be like a really, really, really uh, yeah, freaking great for her, for her. Um. The country, not so much, because she will lose the very next one, which is in her home state of South Carolina. And I don't know. Here, This is where, where you come in. Uh, you know, would you, as a Republican, would you be able to vote for a person who lost their home state? Would you be able to vote for Nikki Haley if Nikki Haley loses in South Carolina? If she wins in New Hampshire? If she loses in New Hampshire, I don't even think she goes on to South Carolina. It's possible. I doubt. I don't know. But anyway, Tim Scott. Okay, so what did he do over the weekend? The guy who Nikki Haley appointed to the United States Senate, Tim Scott, senator from South Carolina, endorsed Donald Trump and took his girlfriend to the beach, got on one knee, and asked her to marry him. And apparently, she said yes. Woohoo, everybody. A life with Tim Scott. Things Randy, Randy at RandyRhodes.com. Speaking truth to power, the Randy Rhodes Show. Okay, this is fun. This is fun. You can be the most worthless Republican in America, but if you kiss the ring, he'll say you're wonderful. You can be the strongest, most dynamic, uh, successful Republican and conservative in America, but if you don't kiss that ring, then he'll try to trash you. You know what? You deserve a nominee that's going to put you first. <laughs> okay, remember that? Remember that? Okay. Yeah. Well, I've had disagreements with Donald Trump, such as on the coronavirus pandemic and his elevation of Anthony Fauci. Trump is superior to the current incumbent, Joe Biden. Kiss the ring. That is clear. I signed a pledge to support the Republican nominee, and I will honor that pledge. He has my endorsement because we can't <laughs> go back to the old Republican guard of yesteryear. <laughs> oh god so uh I, you know i i feel i feel fairly comfortable saying two losers uh, you know are now back in bed together you know but uh, do you remember when hypocrisy was actually you know a deficit do you remember when it would cost you an election to say that you were for something and then against it does anybody remember the entire john Kerry ad campaign featuring shoes featuring footwear if you must if you will if you may footwear Yes, flip-flops. Remember, because there was a bill. It was an $87 billion package. I'm guessing it was some omnibus thing. I can't remember now from, you know, 2004, what, what, what 20 years ago. Uh, but then it, 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 it changed. The, 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 the actual um, language of the bill changed because I'm guessing it was like uh, the House passed a bill, the Senate passed a bill, went to conference committee, and the language changed. And John Kerry was for the $87 billion before they changed the language, and then he was against it. And this, this made for an entire year's worth 
of hilarity, an entire year's worth of, uh, you know, ads with flip-flop, with footwear. John Kerry flip-flop. He was for the 87 billion, then he was against the 87 billion. And it cost him an election. And as you know, he would have been a great president, okay? We, we all understand that. Al Gore would have been a great president too, especially on climate change and issues that we care about, like taking a deep breath in the year 2030 outside. But uh, yeah, I mean, and now you can say, if you don't kiss his ring, he won't endorse, if you don't kiss his ring, then you could be the strongest, baddest, biggest, best conservative in the world, and still he'll tell his people not to vote for you. Still they will turn on you, still, I endorse him. You wanna hear another one? This one's great, this one's so good, okay? You're not even gonna guess where this is going, except for the intro I just gave it. But this is so bizarre, this is so freaking strange, and it happens all the time. You're going to have to give the president, you're gonna to have just to watch. allow a president, any president, to have immunity so that that president can act and do what he feels and what his group of advisors feel is the absolute right thing. Otherwise, you're gonna have presidents that are totally impotent and we've had enough of them already. We've had enough of them already. So having immunity is so important and I hope the Supreme Court has the courage to do that. Oh my God. Do you agree, should a president have total immunity even for things that cross the line? Uh, of course not. The, the, the amazing thing about that clip is he was dead serious. He wasn't even making one of his ridiculous jokes. He was dead serious about that. And that should get everybody, I don't care what political party you're from, whether you're an extreme conservative or, or socialist liberal, everybody should be concerned with that type of mentality going into the White House. And yet you are saying if he is the nominee, that you are going to support him. How can you say that you'll support Look, him? At, at the end of the day, I think most, most Republicans are going to get, get behind the Republican nominee. I'm hoping oh that it's obviously uh, Nikki Haley. Um, this is how bad Joe Biden is. What? Six months ago, no, Trump couldn't beat Biden. This is how bad Joe Biden is. Inflation is crushing middle and low income families across this country. What? Um, we're, we're weak on the international stage. What? We haven't secured our border. Even Democrats have agreed that, that he's been completely incompetent and, and uh, you know, not on the ball there, so to say. So, this is where we've come, where Joe Biden is so bad that even folks would get behind Donald and Trump. And yet you're saying that the comments by Donald Trump, yeah. everyone should be worried about that. You have yeah. said earlier that Trump's rhetoric and actions yeah. contributed to the January 6th insurrection. Yeah. How can you support Look, someone how? who you believe contributed to the insurrection? We're, we're here in New Hampshire in the First Nation primary. No one's really thinking about the general election right oh. now. If you want to beat Donald Trump, <laughs> it has to happen at the ballot box. Don't sit on your couch. Don't wait for it to happen. Don't wait for some external factor or court case to take over. you got to get out and vote. Whether you're undeclared Republican, getting that vote out is how you beat it. That's democracy. But despite all of these comments, despite yeah. his comments on <laughs> One immunity, more time. despite what you said about the insurrection, you would still vote for Donald Trump in a general election well, against According to Biden? the polls, most of America would. No, not according to the polls. Most of America wouldn't. Okay, wouldn't. Uh, you know, I listen. I, I just it's 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 unbelievable that this doesn't cost anybody in the Republican Party a thing. It doesn't cost them a thing to say yes. He's an insurrectionist. Yes, he's a liar. Yes, he's a cheat. Yes, he's uh, you know uh, uh, an autocrat. He's a dictator. He's a wannabe. Uh, you know. Uh, uh, you know. Uh, uh, Putin, right? But yeah, I'd vote for him because that's better than Joe Biden. Why? Because of inflation? What? Are you kidding me? We just had, obviously, a soft landing 
And the stock market set another record, another record, okay, went higher than it ever has gone, based on the fact that we had a soft landing, there was no recession, and interest rates are likely to tick down. Uh, so screw that with, the, you know, uh, still playing last year's uh, economic uh, news because it's not the news anymore. The news is, oh, my God, how great, uh, you know, they landed this plane. That's like amazing. And then the thing about uh, immigration, OK, where, oh, well, he hasn't scared the border. And he, the Republicans are the, are the impediment to that. And how many times do we have to tell you about that? How many freaking times do, do we have to tell you that uh, Donald Trump is on the phone with Fox News pundits and with uh, Republicans telling them in no uncertain terms, kill the immigration deal? This is a once in a 30 year agreement. That we have, even Lindsey Graham from South Carolina, even Lindsey is saying, if you think you're going to get a better immigration deal with Donald Trump, you're wrong. You know why? Because now we have 60 votes in the Senate, Democrats and Republicans agreeing to and the Democrats are giving so much. They are giving so much. Yes, they are. They're giving uh, the asylum rules change. They're giving, uh, you know, uh, an amendment in parole, which is what the president has. The president has the ability to parole people. Uh, who are here uh, pending a an asylum hearing. They also want to pour money into the border. They want to pour technology into the border. They want to pour, uh, you know, uh, uh, judges down to the border. I mean, this is a great deal for anybody who cares at all about the southern border. This is it. This is the moment. And Donald Trump knows it. And he's not willing to give up the issue because in 2016, that kind of racial hatred played so well for him. And he was able to tie it to like every single minority group you could possibly imagine. Why? Don't you know it wasn't just hatred of Mexicans and Central Americans? No, it was terrorists and Iranians and Chinese and, and the rest. And then how did he get the Jews? How? How did he get the Jews? George Soros funding the caravans. It was the Jews that were doing it to you. Oh, my God. And that was like such a high performer. He's not willing to give it up. He's calling Laura. He's calling, uh, you know, uh, Mike Johnson, the Speaker of the House, telling him, do not, Mike, do not make this deal. And Lindsay's saying, you better make this deal if you care about the national security of the United States. Better make this deal now because we will never have 60 votes in the Senate ever again for a deal like this. Democrats will never vote for it. They will now, because Biden needs them to. And that, my friends, is politics. Call in, connect. To speak to Randy, call 561-270-3844. 561-270-3844. We have House Republicans that's literally blocking the president's effort to do something. That's what they're doing. They're playing political games. They're doing political stunts. Literally, House Republicans themselves voted to decrease the amount of Border Patrol agents by 2,000. They're getting in the way, and they don't want to help. No, they don't want to help. They, they, this, is, this is who they are. This is what they, and they're taking orders from uh, Orange Jesus up there. I mean, it, it, it's amazing because uh, Laura Ingram, I mean, she just said the quiet part out loud all over her TV show there. The president 
actually uh, just got off the phone with me right before the show, <laughs> and he said he has spoken to you about this deal <laughs> oh and God. that he is against it, and he urged you to be against this deal. He was extremely, President Trump was extremely adamant about that. Um, your reaction to that, given the fact that, look, he already, he knows how to do this enforcement stuff. You don't need some new bill coming out of the, uh, the Senate to get the border enforced. What? Yeah, President Trump is not wrong. He and I have been talking about this um, uh, pretty frequently. I talked to him the uh, night before last about the same subject. We don't have the text of whatever the Senate has cooked up yet. And, and so we have to reserve judgment, I think, to see what comes out of it. It doesn't sound good uh, at the outset. But what I told the, the President Biden at the White House today is the same thing that I've been saying to him since I was handed the gavel to become Speaker. And that is our border, our national border, is national security. Yeah. Our border, our southern border, is national security, and we don't want to protect the national security of the United States over Donald Trump. <laughs> Let that sit with you for a minute. All right, Gary in Fort Lauderdale. Well, well, heck no, they don't. They want as much trouble and turbulence and chaos as possible. Absolutely. But, you know, uh, how could they sit there out of one side of their mouth and go, it's all national security down there. I mean, it's everything. Uh, you know, we can't be. But do you want to fit? No, no. They stuck their finger up in the wind. <laughs> so, so let me ask you, did I hear you say earlier that Uncle Tim proposed to a woman over the weekend? Uh-huh. Wow. You think that gives us a clue of who Trump might be picking as a running mate? Oh, because he couldn't have a low-down brother? I don't he know. could not have an LGBTQ <laughs> on, the, on the ticket with him. So you think it's Tim Scott, huh? Well, I always, thought it was, I always thought it was Nikki Haley, to be honest with you, and you told me that was impossible. Right. So I read an article this weekend where there's four candidates, okay. and one of them is Tim Scott. And the fact that he would get out of that big giant closet with Lindsay in South Carolina huh. and propose to a woman, he must be really wanting that vice president job badly. Some job. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's just, it, 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 it's interesting. You know, there's a lot of rumors swirling around Tim Scott because he's almost 60 years old and he's never... 58. Right, and he's never been in a serious uh, relationship with a female, ever. I, I just read that he calls himself the 30-year-old virgin. <laughs> yeah. Because he believes in, uh, what is it, abstinence. Until marriage. <laughs> abstinence with women. <laughs> <laughs> Who's the lucky girl? I mean... <laughs> I, I just wonder, what is she getting out of this? I don't know. I mean, this is like, uh, you know, the drive-in movie backseat, to, you know, first-time thing. and Oh, my God, they're... It's so vile what they do. I mean, the, the posturing and the posing and the denial of who you are and what you want and what you do. Lindsay's another one. But, you know, I, I just don't understand what's wrong with South Carolina now. I don't, I don't, I don't get it. But Wouldn't I, you think that'd be like the least likely state in the country to be gay? A, a gay senator? Sure. Yeah. Yes, yes, I do. <laughs> I mean, maybe Alabama or Arkansas or yeah, something. Yeah, that's, that's kind of bad, too. Oh, you know what? I'm glad you brought up Arkansas. I yeah, wanted was to... it about the, the, the daughter? What's her name? Uh, yes. Sarah. Yes, I saw that. Oh. Yeah. So, I can't stand looking at her or hearing her voice, let alone what she has to say. So she, obviously, uh, is, is also in, run, in the running for vice president. And um, I don't know if anybody's noticed this, but... There is a, a, an enormous amount of weight loss going on yes. on the TV. Yes. Uh, Sarah Honey Boo Boo is obviously on vitamin O. She's definitely taking, you know, Wagovi or, or Ozempic or one of them uh, because she's just peeled off pounds. 
George Conway, my God, I don't even recognize him anymore. George, he Con- has a whole new look. He has a whole new face. Yeah, yeah. They they lipoed him. He, I mean, the underneath part, you know, the 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 extra face part underneath his face, that's gone. What a team him and Kellyanne Conjob must be. <gasps> oh, they must. Uh, can you imagine, like, uh, you know, uh, the screaming at the house? No, just being one of their kids, like, well, like, like how they'd run. I'd run away from home. Yeah, it's bad. <laughs> but there's so much weight loss going on that it's hard to tell, like, who's running for vice president or not. Because normally, if you saw Sarah Honey Boo Boo dropping, like, 30, 40 pounds, you would say, oh, this is because she wants to run uh, for vice president with Donald Trump on the ticket. And he told her you have to look better or some such crap, right? Randy, here, here's a personal thing here. Uh, my wife takes that because she has diabetes. Oh, well, there you go. <laughs> and I think she's she said 40, but it might be 30, but she's lost a lot. She looks like an entirely new person now. Yeah. So we visited a friend on Saturday, and he couldn't believe how great she looked. And he told me that he's a lawyer, and he told me that he told his stockbroker that he wants to invest in the company that makes that drug. Oh, yeah. Because it's making people lose so much weight, it's going to be very in demand. You it's, know? A, it's a billion-dollar business already. I mean, it, it, this, is, this is the magic bullet every, every girl, every guy that couldn't you know, shed the pounds was looking for. What's really sad is there's not enough to go around now for people who have a legit diabetic uh, yeah. need for that. Yeah, that's, and you know what else might be really sad? What's going to happen in five years from now? Who knows? I don't know. I don't know. You know, what, what is it going to do to you? Right. I don't know. It ain't, but it it do- ain't, it's not it normal. It doesn't matter. This is the United States where everybody has a right to be skinny. <laughs> okay? That's just the way it well, goes. Well, you're looking good, Brandy. I'll tell you that. But I just don't eat bread. Okay? I don't eat anything from what I hear. I eat plenty. I, oh, okay. I made the most. I brought it in for bread. I, I made magic hour this weekend, okay, because I was watching the games. What is I, magic hour? I, I, it, it's, it's a dinner that's like the best thing ever, okay? I had a dinner this weekend that was the best dinner I ever, ever, ever made, and that's saying something because I make yeah. some really good stuff. But I made French onion soup the Julia Child way. Oh my God! It's like it's like heaven in your mouth. I, I've never had anything the more. The cheese on top. Yes, and the bread, and I and I can't eat bread, so I used a, a five grain baguette that I got from Publix, believe it or not, that I can eat, and it was, it was magic. It was magical. Oh, so good! And I made uh, pulled pork and homemade coleslaw to go. Oh. So. And I'm gonna make it. By the way, you that. said Julia Childs. Can you imagine that she was a CIA spy? No, her husband was. Isn't that her husband? Yeah. Oh, I thought it was her. No. Yeah, I couldn't see that. Yeah. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> she was very busy writing uh, 4,000 page cookbooks, you know. So. Uh, by, by the way, on the same subject. Yeah. If you don't mind. All right. My wife's best friend, she disappeared when Julie was about 20 years old. She just disappeared. 30 years later, she comes back. She was in the CIA all that time. We couldn't, weren't allowed to say where she was. She was recruited out of college, grabbed in an airport by a CIA agent, interviewed, and got the job. Wow. Isn't that something? Exciting. She's really a cool girl, where'd i got to tell you. Where'd they station her? Uh, she was in the, well, she doesn't like to talk about it, but I think it was <laughs> the Middle East. Oh. And I think that her job was bringing people out of bad places to the United States. That was her thing. Oh, wow. So she's Homeland. She is the, She is that girl. Well, I never saw the show, but I believe you. <gasps> well, now you have to watch it because your your friend is, is, is the lead character in Homeland. She is so smart. Yeah. What was that? Uh, what was her name? I, I can't remember her name. Claire no, not Claire. The character. 
all things Randy at RandyRhodes.com. Go, go for launch. Speaking truth to power, the Randy Rhodes Show. Hey, Brett, here's your girl. Look at her. Look at her. Tell me she's not on Ozempic. Tell me she didn't lose like uh, 40 pounds that way. I won't say any of that, but I barely recognize my girl. I barely well, recognize her. Well, you took her picture down and put mine up. So now it seems like we're talking about me. <laughs> there. <laughs> so your state, um, you're talking about the sanctity of life. Um, this is great. Your state had one of the highest maternal mortality rates in the country, according to the CDC, <laughs> up until about 2021. Arkansas is one of the few states that hasn't extended postpartum care for mothers. Um, why don't you want those moms to get care for a full 12 months, as is being offered, instead of just 60 days? 60 days. Well, I'm going to have to disagree with the premise of your question, saying that I don't want that. I certainly want us to do everything that we can to help uh, during pregnancy and well after uh, a child is born, which is why we have done things like focus on uh, the foster and adoption care. We've put significant foster. funding into our pregnancy crisis centers. We're focusing on things that help our mothers, including bring your kids to work at state what? government. We've expanded maternity leave for state employees. We included that in our education package. We have taken a number of steps that are very positive in this front, and we're gonna continue to do that as long as I'm governor. But the states of Mississippi, Wyoming, Montana, South Dakota, they did extend for 12 months rather than the 60 days. So I'm just wondering specifically on that option, why you opted out? We're going to continue to look at options that we feel like best help uh, people here in the state of Arkansas. We've done that in a number of ways, and we're going to continue to do that over the course of hopefully the next seven years while I'm governor of Arkansas. Uh huh. Why does she keep um, saying seven years? I want to be governor of Arkansas for seven years. I want to be governor. And, and, and obviously, uh, you know, she's on the list of uh, the short list for Veep candidates for the liar for the schemer for the you know i i really do think something's wrong with donald trump besides for the obvious things that we know are wrong about him i think his mental acuity is so bad right now uh and i don't think it's going to get any better and the only the only thing i can say is that the idea that he's confusing uh pelosi you, you heard that, right, that where Donald Trump is confusing Nancy Pelosi with Nikki Haley, um, saying that Nikki Haley was responsible for the security of the Capitol on January 6th and said it four times, said Nikki Haley's name four times. And then like the fourth time, you can see a little glimmer of acknowledgement, maybe, where he realizes that he's saying Nikki Haley and he means someone else but he can't remember Nancy Pelosi's name. So he keeps saying Nikki Haley. Okay, there's all this crap. And then there's stuff about that uh, the media didn't pick up on. But, I mean, th this, this last few days in New Hampshire and in the courtroom, you know, his uh, dueling uh, schedule, it's... It, and I thought, you know, after watching this, I just thought maybe dementia is the way he copes with how bad a person he's been. Maybe this is the way it ends for him because he cannot process in his head all the crummy, disgusting things he did and that his children are testifying against him in courts of law. I don't know. Maybe this is his coping mechanism. Fields and jungles of Vietnam. Vietnam. They delivered a swift and sweeping, you know, that sweeping. It was swift and it was sweeping like nobody's ever seen anything happen. 
Vietnam was sweeping and swift, and it's like nobody has ever seen that happen in the jungles and in the mountains and in the villages of Vietnam. Swift and swift, it was swe- sweeping and swift and swooping. I can't even, I can't even like fumfer that bad. I think he's, I think he's confusing Vietnam with his own dementia, which is swift and sweeping. <laughs> And then he, try, he, you know, he tries to bail himself out, which is really kind of painful anymore to watch. A victory in Operation Desert Storm. Oh. <laughs> a lot of you were involved in that. A lot of you were involved. That was a quick one. I mean, he's bizarre world. He's out there somewhere. And, you know, the idea that America would even consider, and I, I don't mean America like a majority, like 30%. And, you know, it, there's always 30%. Have you seen what's going on in Germany? Have you seen the protests there? The protests in Germany are humongous. They are gigunda. 1.4 million people have been protesting on the streets of Berlin and Munich and Dresden and Potsdam and all over, all over Germany because there was, there's a, they have an alternate right-wing party like MAGA there. Um, people would vote for it like either as a joke or they would vote for it if they didn't like the actual, uh, you know, uh, people that they got to choose from on the ballot or the parties they got to choose from on the ballot in the parliamentary system that they have. Uh, well, it turns out it ain't so funny. It's not so funny. This party that they have, which is um, the AFP, it's called, but it, 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 it's it, AFD. I'm sorry, AFD, the alternate for. It's Deutschland, that's why it's a D, but the alternate party for Germany, okay, in English, AFD, Deutschland, um, is a Nazi party now. It's gone full on Nazi, it's gone full on white supremacy. Apparently they had a secret little meeting where they discussed what Donald Trump talks about openly, mass deportations, okay, Uh, mass deportations of immigrants, and even some naturalized German citizens would be deported. And the people in Germany have very, very bad memories of what that actually could turn into. And so over the weekend, and really since last week, uh, we didn't start paying any attention to it uh, until over the weekend when it was put into the mainstream media here. Um, But Deutsche Welle, you know, if you ever watch that TV channel, they've been covering it all week last week. Um, uh, Sky News, which is, you know, international news too. They've been covering it. Uh, there, there have been massive, massive protests in Germany. Here. Look at that. They came in their tens of thousands. In towns and cities across Germany, huge crowds rising up against the far right. In Cologne, they demanded Nazis out. In Munich, so many turned out, demonstrations had to be cut short for safety. And in Berlin, they showed their opposition to the far-right AFD party. We need to do much more against uh, what's going on in Germany. We don't want any Nazis coming back and we want to have a colorful society. And I think that's important. Racist people are growing up. A lot of people like to vote them. We have a lot of manipulation. Um, and we would like to send a sign that we don't like it. It makes me scared, to be honest, because you can feel it like everywhere. There's just like a movement going more and more to the right side. And this is why I love to come together and just like to see that people are different. 
I mean, this is massive. It's 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 all over Germany. It's in the big cities. It's in the small towns. It's everywhere. They are not having a resurgence in white supremacy. They are not going to sit through another uh, you know uh, effort at mass deportations. They know where it leads. They know what the sentiment is. They know how deadly it is. They know what propaganda can do uh, to a, a, a democracy. You know, and everybody talks about Germany like how fast it fell. How like one day it was this liberal democracy and the next day the enabling act and it was all over. Freedom of speech was dead. And it's exactly, uh, you know, what's going to happen here. And, you know, when you when you look at, you know, uh, listen, we got a, a lovely little lesson from Israel this year for anybody that wanted to pay attention to it. And I'm not even talking about their their their, uh, you know, reaction to a terrorist uh, attack that killed over one thousand two hundred people and not just killed them but put babies in ovens, uh, beheaded people, raped women, uh, like methodically and, and, you know, throughout the, uh, the entire kibbutz system in the southern part of Israel. I'm not even talking about that. I'm talking about prior to, okay? You had m- a million Israelis on the street day after day after day for months, months, I think it was nine or ten months, screaming and yelling about how dangerous uh, Benjamin Netanyahu had become because he was indicted and so was his wife for fraud and for bribery. And he was about to face the bar of justice and he was trying to change the judiciary. He was trying to take away the power of the courts. Okay, here we have it exactly backwards. Here, when, when, when we were talking about you know, the other day, everybody's asking me about uh, what is what is this um, Chevron doctrine case about? Well, this is exactly that in reverse. This is about saying that the uh, executive branch, like HHS or FDA or uh, you know EPA, they can't enforce any of the rules. Only the court can to take the power away from the administrative state which has experts in it, right? People who toil in pharmaceuticals work at the FDA. People who work, uh, you know, on border issues work at HHS or DHS. HHS, they, you know, they work on health issues, whatever. They want to take away the agency power to enforce rules and laws and give it to the courts who have no expertise in any of these areas. What could go wrong? But you see, this is how illegitimate... Governments react. Mary had a little man, man, man. We believe that all men are created equal. The magnificent mosaic that is America. A radio beacon, two radio beacons. I have a dream. Change has come to America. Believe me, help is on the way. Knock, knock. Who's there? It's a figment of your imagination. Randy Roadshow. Turn up your mind. I just want to take one of the examples that I gave. Donald Trump calls the January 6th rioters hostages. You were at the Capitol that day. You said that you took off your jacket, you pulled up your sleeves, and you were prepared to defend yourself, quote, presumably until I died. Would you call the people who are now facing prosecution hostages? I would say that every single person facing our justice system should have justice done. The facts and the evidence in each individual case matters. I have confidence that that process will play out. Here's what I said also in the book that I wrote. 
I talked about January the 6th because I'm one of the few people who was actually there. With the people outside, 99% of the people who showed up were there to exercise their First Amendment rights. What I said then is what I'll say now. I don't hold those people uh, at harm. I don't hold them responsible for the actions of a few. I do hold the few right. responsible. So the no few who are... So people the, have to be responsible for themselves. So the, the uh, to use your words, the few who are uh, being prosecuted, yes. going through the justice system, would you call them hostages? I believe that our Department of Justice should continue yeah. and allow a jury of their peers to make the decisions. That's America. So, so just to be clear, and I want to move on, you disagree with Donald Trump calling them hostages, sounds like. Just for the third time. Yes, I believe that we yes. should have confidence in restoring the blindfold to Lady Justice's eyes. Well, he's certainly a politician, that's for sure. That's tortured, man. See, that's what I'm talking about when I say that they twist themselves into positions that the Twister game never even, uh, you know, uh, uh, never even imagined. I mean, these are positions he got himself into that aren't in the Kama Sutra. This is bizarro world. This is Gumby territory. This is bending and stretching and fumfering and stammering and bobbing and weaving in order not to answer a question because you know you're being considered for vice president of the United States. There is the lowdown bro, <laughs> Tim Scott from South Carolina, trying to weave his way through Donna Bash's difficult question. Do you consider the 1,000 people who were prosecuted and the 750 who either pled guilty to or were convicted of crimes against our capital on January 6th hostages. Do you? He can't answer it. He won't answer it. I'm sure he could. Uh, he just isn't in the mood. And when you're not in the mood, apparently you don't partake. I, I don't know. This is so, it's so, but, but anyway, I, I got to tell you, this was, this was going on all freaking weekend because, you know, Sarah, honey, boo boo, did you see the auditions? Because that's what the Sunday shows were. And I don't know if anybody watches the Sunday shows in our audience anymore, but I do. I mean, I can't, I, I, I maybe it's because it's habit. I don't know. It's like pre-football stuff. It's like, you know, I do my, uh, you know, menus and I'm checking my ingredients and, you know, watching the Sunday shows. And then after that, if I need something, I go get it and then I cooked her in the football it's a good system you should get it it's good but anyway I'm watching the Sunday shows and I realize everyone on there you know Doug Burgum was on one of the Sunday shows <laughs> Doug Burgum the most boring man in the history of politics the governor of North or South Dakota I don't know uh, is actually he was on the Sunday shows, okay? Why? Because they're auditioning for Donald Trump. I, and Donald Trump actually said it out loud. He goes, hey, did you see the Sunday shows? Did you see everybody on there? <laughs> he knows. He, he, he literally booked them himself so that Sarah would be on one of them and Doug Burgum would be on another one of them and Tim Scott would be on another one of them. I mean, it was just so bizarre. It was, it was so, uh, you know, you... You could see the common thread being pulled right through the bookers that book uh, State of the Union and Meet the Press and, you know, uh, all of them. I, every every one of those shows was an audition for the vice presidency. It was uh, just very sad, very sick. Okay. And why? 
is my question. Why would you want to be vice president to a man who obviously, obviously has mental acuity problems? Camera woman, number, you know, uh, press. Remember, I, the, the, he can't, he can't decipher, he can't discern between Vietnam and Desert Storm. He can't discern between Nikki Haley and Nancy Pelosi. He can't discern between a democracy and an autocracy. He can't, he can't figure out why a president has to, you know, can't have, uh, you know, absolute immunity. And because every criminal in, in America would run for president, every single one would say, that's the gig for me. I could do my criming, I could, I could murder people, and I'm, uh, I'm immune from prosecution, not only during, but after. Never, I could never, ever be uh, prosecuted. This is what Donald Trump is arguing for, okay? And when you get right down to brass tacks and you listen to people like Sununu, who's supposed to be a moderate Republican, he's supposed to be the cloth coat, New Hampshire kind of, you know, middle of the road style, not too uh, radical Republican. But when you actually ask him, should Donald Trump be, you know, uh, uh, should, should any president get, uh, you know, uh, absolute immunity? He goes, absolutely not, that's crazy. But you'll still vote for him. Oh, yeah, I will. They all do it. McConnell did it. McConnell stood up and said that Donald Trump was uh, morally and practically responsible for the violence on January 6th. But if he's the Republican nominee, of course he'll vote for him. What is this, uh, you know, detachment syndrome from, you know, what it takes to actually preserve a democracy or what it takes to protect national security? What is it about them that makes them draw the line when it comes to the biggest criming con man we ever saw come down the pike? What is it? I think it's his. Uh, I, I think it's the threat of violence. You know, he's constantly uh, scaring them about. You know, and and not just scaring them, but actually deploying. You know, the most violent fringe people that he's got following him against. Uh, you know, uh, Nancy Pelosi's husband, for one, got beaten in the head with a with a hammer. A hammer. Do you know what I'm saying? And people are like, you know, they understand that if Donald Trump turns on you, bad things will happen. Not just the Shea Mosses and not just the Ruby Freemans and not just jury members, okay, who have to be like shaken in their shoes about their identity uh, remaining anonymous while they serve on juries because obviously the facts in all these cases are not in Donald Trump's court. Now, the, the only shining factoid, I guess, uh, you know, uh, the only decent number I've seen is that if Donald Trump is convicted of a felony, hardly anybody left who will still vote for him will vote for him. It's like that seems to be, you know, the break point. But maybe people are just saying that because they don't think there'll be a trial before the uh, election. I don't know. And maybe once he is convicted for a felony, that will become normalized, too. And people will say, well, you know, uh, every president has uh, has done something wrong. Just, you know, they hunted him and they got him. But, you know, every president has done something wrong. Are you kidding me? Are you freaking kidding me? Every president has committed fraud. Every president has raped E. Jean Carroll in a dressing room. Every president uh, that we've ever had has been found guilty of sexual abuse, sexual assault. Every president we've had engaged in insurrection or encouraged it or said you got to fight like hell and then sent a tweet out saying, yeah, too bad about that Mike Pence. He didn't have the courage to do it. Go hang him. 
Do you know what I mean? No, no president has ever done that. Not even Richard Nixon, who thought whatever the president does well, that means it's not illegal. He said that. He thought that it could play in Peoria. He thought he could get away with crime. And what was his big crime? He, was a, he hired burglars? Burglars. To break... Yeah. G. Gordon Liddy. And Mrs. Liddy. Yeah. He hired them to break into the Democratic National Committee headquarters in the Watergate Hotel. All things Randy at RandyRhodes.com. Go, go for launch. Speaking truth to power, the Randy Rhodes Show. We overhaul DOJ to investigate every radical, out-of-control prosecutor in America for the illegal, racist, in reverse enforcement of the law. What? And I am also going to indemnify all police officers and law enforcement, every police officer and all law enforcement all throughout the United States to protect them. It's called indemnification. I'm going to indemnify them from being destroyed by the radical left for taking strong action on crime. Oh They're my told God. not to touch it, not to stop it. We're going to ind- and they're afraid to do it. They lose everything. We're going to rebuild our cities into beacons of hope, safety, and beauty better than they've ever been before. Is he he saying that Derek Chauvin uh, should not have been convicted of uh, killing George Floyd by standing on his neck for nine minutes and staring down a camera with the most, you know, vicious uh, face that you could imagine, like, you can't touch me, I can do whatever I freaking want to this guy? Is that what he's saying? I want you to think about this, okay, when you go to the polls, that Donald Trump is literally telling you that he will, not that he can, because policing is a local thing. You understand that. But he has it in his head that he wants to deploy the military, which is also illegal in the United States as as the Constitution is written now, okay? Posse comitatus and all that being what it is, meaning that the military cannot operate against American citizens on American soil. You understand that. But he wants to declare martial law and he wants to release the hounds. He wants the police to answer to him. He wants the military to answer to him on American soil, and he wants to indemnify all of the members of the loyal Trump military, not if you're disloyal. He wants to indemnify them against being prosecuted for, I don't know, rounding up Americans for, you know, marching us off into camps or putting us in ghettos or taking our stuff. I, I, you know, making us, uh, you know, uh, uh, surrender all of our things in suitcases where we're told to write our names on them. I mean, this is so sick and it's so sick. And this is what he's selling now. This is what he's, and you know, the the idea that he could win, okay, he could, uh, should never be lost on you. Do I think he will win? I don't, but... The fact that we have one of the major parties in the United States, and we only get two because of the electoral college system in which we toil, in which we vote, in which we pick a president, and a president is picked by electors. You have to have 270 of them, and then you can be the president of the United States, right? And that is just the system we have. We've never changed it. I've been arguing to change it forever, but we haven't. We haven't. 
And so we have two major parties. And this is a candidate for one of them. This is going to be their presidential nominee for the grand old party. It's like just so bizarre that you have a man who could stand on a stage and talk about indemnifying police nationwide and let them do whatever they want to American citizens, okay? I mean, I've never heard such swill in my life. Now, in Germany, when there was even an inkling of this, when there was even a secret meeting to discuss mass deportations or rounding up people in Germany, immigrants in that case, people went out on the streets and said, no, no, this has gone too far. It's too close to home. It reminds us of a very bad, dark period in Germany's history, and we will not, we shall not go back there again. You know, it's interesting about Germany, though. Their constitution actually says that if you are part of a party, and, you know, I don't see why this is a bad uh, adm- amendment to our constitution either, but if, if, you, if you are running a, a political party that seeks to um, destroy or inhibit or infringe on a liberal democracy, meaning, you know, the natural order of things, you, you pick candidates, they run for office, they, you vote, votes get counted. Basic democracy, okay? If you have a party that's, you know, inciting people to give up on basic democracy, basic voting, basic counting of votes, certification of elections, then you actually can be destroyed by the Justice Department in Germany. You have no right to be on a ballot. You have no right to run. This is so ugly, I can't even, standing on a stage and saying that he wants to give indemnification to police officers across the nation to do whatever they think is necessary, and talking about rogue cops, he really did say rogue cops need to do their thing. Go back to being a country of law and order, have to do it, and you will have very seldom, but you will have the rogue, we call it the rogue cop, mm. the bad apple, and perhaps you'll have that also with president. But there's nothing <laughs> you can do about that. You're going to have to give the president, you're going to have to allow a president, any president, to have immunity so that that president can act and do what he feels and what his group of advisors feel is the <laughs> absolute right thing. Otherwise, you're going to have presidents that are totally impotent. And we've had enough of them already. We've had enough of them already. So having immunity is so important. And I hope the Supreme Court has the courage to do that, because otherwise you're just not going to be in a very strong position very long. It'll totally change our country, in my opinion. (laughs) It'll totally change our country, in my opinion. What will change our country, in my opinion? What will change our country? If you don't have complete immunity, absolute immunity, if you don't... Uh, And he says it. He says rogue cops, okay? You will have rogue cops, and there's nothing you can do about it, and perhaps even the president. He says that. Maybe even a rogue president, but there's nothing you can do about that. There's just nothing you can do about that. The president needs to be free to follow what his advisors are telling him. Which advisors? Steve Bannon advisors? John Eastman advisors? Which advisors? Michael Flynn advisors? 
traitors to our country advisors, Paul Manafort advisors? I mean, what advisors are you listening to, sir? That you need to go rogue and there's nothing I can do about it? Are you insane? He's telling you this. You know why? Because he is mentally fizzled. He is fried. His brain is shot. And he just, you know, everybody says, oh, he always told you what he was going to do. But he didn't do any of the things he said he was going to do, okay? That's the truth of it. He didn't build a wall. He didn't have mass deportations. He didn't do any of the things he said he was going to do. He didn't balance the budget. He didn't cut on spending. He didn't do anything. And that's why, you know, people are running against him. He added $8 trillion to the deficit. $8 trillion. He said a pandemic was a hoax. He did nothing he said he was going to do. Nothing gave a tax cut to wealthy people. That's the only thing he did. Oh, yeah. And he made you pay tariffs on imported things from China. Yeah, you paid it. Who do you think pays it? China? No, China doesn't pay it. You pay it. A tax is what you pay. Yeah. Yes. To speak to Randy, call 561 270 3844. 561 270 3844. Do it. A whole year before an election, and uh, we just need to pay bills. So please visit us at randyroads.com and uh, donate or buy a stinking podcast. Thank you. Maggie in Ohio. Oh, yeah. I just thought I'd call and let you know, as a person of color, a woman of color, I'm going to tell you right now, Vivek, Tim Scott, or what's her name, Nimarada, Nikki Haley, (laughs) will never be Vice president. Okay. They'll never be that. Because okay? the good old boys happen. the good old boys wouldn't vote for somebody. Even a veep, even a vice presidential. Oh. <laughs> no. No. They'll never be that. They've already he's already started, you know, with Nikki Haley and, you know, mispronouncing her given name. They've already used Vivek. I don't know if you've seen that I don't know, it's a podcast or something where they've made him the seven eleven guy, you oh, know. No. <laughs> you know. Get so, out. No. Really? <laughs> Yeah, I, it was on. I don't know, of course, some some right wing. Oh, podcast that, I gotta find that, Maggie. That, oh, you gotta find it. Oh. Um, I was watching some other things, but that's uh, yeah. never gonna happen. That's never gonna happen. And I don't know why they think they have to keep kissing, you know, certain parts of his body mm-hmm. because it's not gonna happen. And Sarah Huckabee is not going to get it either, you know. So move so, on. So who do you think it's going to be? Like Doug Burgum, the uh, oh, some yeah, some. The, I have no idea, and I don't care because <laughs> I stand here. You know? So, but all I have to say is stay woke because this is coming. You know, this yeah. Is coming. And what is the and opposite some, of woke anyway? Are we supposed to go to sleep? Are we supposed to, you know, like uh, be laid down like uh, like th- dogs at the vet? I mean, what what are we supposed to do with what we know? Just forget that we. I don't even understand the the, the attack on being aware. I, I what is that? Why is that bad? Right. You know, I'm I'm telling you, it was. I mean, because I'm you know, I, I when I saw that about the vet, oh yeah. And he's going to, Donald Trump, they're going to put this 7-Eleven shop 
in the White House, and no. he will be, you know, the 7-Eleven uh, guy. And Donald Trump can come by and get his Diet Coke and his little chicken sandwiches. So. Well, I can tell you right now the reason why Vivek will not be the vice presidential candidate, and that's because he's too loud. He's too um, entertaining. He's too much of a spotlight stealer, okay? And, and Trump can't have that. And that's why I keep thinking it's going to be Doug Burgum. First of all, what? Doug Burgum is, uh, you know, he's very, very rich, uh, mm-hmm. He works, uh, you know, uh, in software and Internet-based mm-hmm. uh, business. And Trump mm-hmm. needs that expertise. He doesn't have that, okay? Mm-hmm. And uh, Bergam is very dull. He's very dry. He's very white. And mm-hmm. so he's a good choice, I think. But, yeah. Well, yeah. That, well, you're probably right. But I like know. I said, <laughs> I can tell you right now, Nikki, Kim, Vivek, Vivek, or Sarah, goodbye. That's not going to happen. All right. Well, I'll I'll make a note of it, and uh, we'll we'll remember that today was January twenty second. Maggie in Ohio called us, and uh, we can replay this. <laughs> okay, and look for that that that. I that, will. I will. You apparently went down some rabbit hole, honey. Right. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. I'll leave you. Yeah. All right. All right. Thanks. Have a good one. You too. All right. Uh, Nancy in Alabama. Hey, Randy. Hey. I'm calling to answer your question about why is this all happening? Okay. And it's power. It is unadulterated power right they have never been this close to this power and they will lie steal cheat they don't give a good gd how they get it and once they get it they'll figure out who gets what but they got to get it first and so democrats need to take uh a little hint from barney fife when he asked andy how do you fight fire and what does andy say like a good democrat would well with a hose (laughs) no barney said dude you fight it with fire. We can't f around with these people anymore. They, what the hell is going on? Yeah. Why don't they get it? Oh, I think they do, and I think that they're they're all about it. I think the people, thirty percent of this country that supports this, have given up on democracy. They've given up on you know the idea that government, uh, you know, is not supposed to be all things to all people. That it's supposed to be, you know, there for you know uh, things that individuals can't do for themselves. And, uh, you know, they don't like the things that individuals can't do for themselves. And they want to round up those individuals, get rid of those individuals, and then they can have whatever those individuals were getting. (laughs) I get that. Right. And, you know, it's really the people in what power they have now that want the ultimate. Yeah. And, and, you know, Nancy, that is, you know, look, you you look at FDR. Okay, He was president for three terms. If he hadn't died, we don't even know. Would he have just gone on? Okay, But... You look at the way that uh, he dealt with, uh, you know, the power that he had. He spread it around. He made a country that was the envy of the world, okay? They, they, they think that was a waste. They think that, you know, having three terms and, and doing for people was a waste when you could have, you know, three terms and just take it all. They, you know, the reason why FDR kept getting reelected is because he had good ideas. What they don't have is any ideas, they have none, and that's why they don't have a majority of this country voting for them. That's why they have a two-seat majority in the House of Representatives, okay? That's why they don't have the presidency. That's why they don't have the House, you know, or the Senate. That's why. That's why. Well, you know, then why are we so freaking afraid of what could happen? Because, because we're they, afraid they, of the 30%. You know, in this country, in any country, really, if you have one violent person or three violent people or four violent people— they can do an enormous amount 
of damage. They can do, uh, look at 9-11. 9-11 was 15, uh, 19 hijackers, okay? 19 people did all that damage. I mean, shocked the conscience of the, of the United States, made us so crazy that we had to, like, invade unarmed nations, okay? The whole thing worked for, for, for a small group of people, and that's what Trump supporters have in mind. They, they know they're not the majority. They know that they're a tiny little sliver. They know that these crazy people that are saying, you know what our plan is? Our plan is we will outbreed the Democrats, we, right? <laughs> I mean, this is their plan, right? They, they'll just, uh, they'll force women into uh, involuntary servitude. They will make them pregnant. They will make them breeders. And they will keep them pregnant until it's all people that are their sires, that are all related to them. And uh, that's how they're going to get back into power. I mean, they say it. It's ridiculous, yeah, but, you know. Well, you know, they, somebody needs to be RFDR like he told it in a speech when it's Rich friend said they're going to have to move because he's going to raise taxes. And FDR said, well, I'll miss you very much. Yeah. See you later. Right. Where is our FDR? We've got so much truth to tell. Yeah. But nobody gets in front of a camera and tells it over and over and over. Just like they shove their crap down our face and theirs is lying. Yeah. Over and over. They get the message. Everybody gets it. Everybody says it. You're Democrats, right about that. Nothing. Nothing. Well, minimal amounts. I, I, I'll, I'll give you that. Yeah. Uh, listen, that's that's kind of why you need an entertainer. That's kind of why you need a, a oh, I hate to say this, because he's old and I'm old and I could say he's old because he's way older than me. But that's why you need a rock star. Oh. <laughs> This is the Randy Rhodes Show. To speak with Randy, dial 561-270-3844. That's 561-270-3844. I, fa- I found the Vivek oh, Ramaswamy. <laughs> so bad. It's so bad. Okay. It's um, the Babylon Bee. Anybody? Anybody know the Babylon Bee? It's on their... Um, it's on their Twitter feed. Um, it's <laughs> Trump promises Vivek an, administra- an administration position running the White House 7-Eleven. And it has Vivek standing there in a green 7-Eleven, uh, you know, work uh, polo in front of a uh, giant 7-Eleven. It's, uh, it's, real, it's real stereotypical racist garbage, but it's because he's so obnoxious, he's so loud, and he's such a liar, and he's such a schemer, and he profited off of, uh, you know, a drug that he knew would not work for Alzheimer's patients, which really pisses me off. And, uh, you know, his mother, I've, I've gone through the story, his mother was a, uh, she is, a geriatric psychiatrist, so she knew how to rewrite a uh, clinical trial finding to make it seem more promising than it actually was. And that's how, uh, you know, he made his billions. I mean, it's very sad. It's a very sick uh, thing that he did. But uh, I see it now. Uh, Rich in Denver. Randy, my information queen. Yeah. You, as Gary said, look awesome. And your hair, as always, Angie does an awesome job. I suggest a <laughs> gift for Angie's coworkers uh-huh. because I remember recall where she, 
she said, Randy, I don't know how I get through to them. I can't get through to them. Yeah. Podcast for Angie's staff. Every one of them. Yeah, really. That little bug in me. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely. Yeah, you know, not, yeah, that, not that they have the patience to actually sit and listen to the truth because they, they can sit and talk to me all day and they just can't do it. They can't do it. Can't do it. Nope. Can't do it. Don't go get the papers. Get they, the papers. Get the papers. Get the papers. Yeah, no, they can't. Um, can't have it. <laughs> can't do it. Well, then the, they're the, they're dead to me, you know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I, I am uh, absolutely... Um, Awesome show as always, Randy. I am going to make a de- uh, please a, make um, a donation. I am. I am, liter- the, I am literally watching room, it now. I'm watching it now, and I don't see anything happening. Okay, I really don't. Please, RandyRhodes.com. Thank you. And as soon as I hang up with you, my goddess, I am making. And everybody in the chat room, take heed and make a donation. Thank you, Randy. Um, I did, this is why I listen to your show and, and why, why Randy is the smartest woman in the world. Because I did not know that about Julia Child's husband. Oh, yeah. That he was, he was a CIA. And that was, that was really an interesting uh, listening to um, Gary. Gary, yeah, uh, about his neighbor's daughter who was recruited into the CIA when she was in college. Yeah. That that was fascinating. I, that was just really. Um, Randy, yeah. I don't want a rock star. JFK was a rock star, but he was the only guy that got stuff done. Slow and steady wins the race. And Joe Biden is the man. And to the, the last woman who called, we do have, we do have, what was she saying? We need a, we need a rock. We, we, we do have in Joe Biden. He is the man. He's, got, he's, he's, he's way, an amazing Randy, president, but he's not an entertainer. And people will not forgive him for not entertaining them. And that is the truth. That is the price of admission now. It, it, it's so unbelievable how they would swap good government, how they would swap a child tax credit for their house, how they would swap health care for everybody, how they would swap, you know, a, a, a getting, a, you know, half of our country out of poverty, how they would swap a great economy. This is a really good one you know the the stock uh, the wall street just hit thirty eight thousand for the first time in its history now i get i get the idea that you know if that had happened under trump he'd be out there all day every day for the next i don't know how many days screaming about your 401k and look at your 401k and you'll see what i'm talking about and that's the stock market and this is what i did and Uh, none of it would be true but he would be out there crowing about it, crowing about it, and we don't say jack. We don't say anything. Well, maybe, maybe that's his modesty. I, I, I recall the story you posited about him when you, when you met him at a party, and you said, "How come you don't call out this clown?" No, I wasn't foot, met him at know? a party. I was in the Senate. I was at the Senate, and um, he was addressing the media at the Senate. We were all there, and you know, sort of a. a you know, a get together kind of a thing. And um, right, right. Yeah. And, and so he said, you know, he gave his spiel and he said, any questions? He was a senator. And I said, yeah, right. uh, you know, and he said, OK. And I, I said, well, you know, Bush had lied us into this unbelievable turned out to be 20 year war. And I said, why don't you call him a liar? And he said, you can't call the president of the United States a liar. Why, why would you want to pick the hardest thing to do? Because he had so much reverence for the office. Now he's like, right. he, he sees that, you know, Donald Trump has turned it into a litter box. Literally, cops a squat and, and does it right there in the White House. I mean, gross. Yeah. 
Gross. Well, that make that that may in the long term makes Biden Biden the great president takes the high road. He is, he is a great know. president. Uh, what I'm saying is, people in this country won't forgive Joe Biden for not being an entertainer on top of being an extremely successful president. You know, when you just, you look at the recovery from COVID, everyone forgets what we were living through with Donald Trump. Everyone forgets waking up every morning, even pre-COVID going, what did he do now? Who are we at war with now? Did he threaten North Korea now? What did he say now? Who, you know, who, who is he, you know, demolishing now? Who is he making, you know, so they can't even walk the streets anymore? You know, like, who did he trash today? Do you know what I'm saying? Everybody forgets what we were going through when he was president and then COVID, okay? And then COVID. And he said it was a hoax and not to believe it and to, you know, until he didn't, until he didn't. And then he said, okay, you know, you got to put uh, UV lights up your bum and you got to, disinfect your insides because you know the disinfectant it kills it within a minute and what if you could put the disinfectant on the inside and i mean people just sat there and this is to their great shame and it always will be they sat there with their little hermes scarf or their gucci scarf or their prada scarf and they listened to him say that crap and they didn't stand up and walk out at the very least or correct him at the very most they didn't bother. The only one who did was Fauci, and he became like a, a guy with crosshairs on him. 80-something years old. 80 so, a virologist became your enemy. Think about that. Biden will never be that person, and thank God, but they still want an entertainer. They still want somebody who's a rock star. They still want somebody who's going to, you know, threaten people. They do. They, they like a bully. I don't know why America went down this bad road, but they like a bully. I got, who is this? Is he a friend? You can get him out of here. This get was the other here. day. Get out of here. It's just like Friday or Saturday. Go ahead. You can throw him out. They push him. Look at manhandling the guy. He didn't do anything. You see how many empty seats there are? Look at that. Look, look at all the empty seats. That's the floor, too. Look. Look at that. There's no one there. Do you see what I mean when I say they want somebody who's a rock star, somebody that's well, going to make... Now we know that politics is getting serious, so now we know we're getting serious now. Oh, my God, there's He's no just a there. disturbed person. <laughs> Remember that used to happen all the time? People used to call for it. Where is that? We want it back. But we now probably we're, we're really now into political season, and that is happening. That's why I let it play so long, because I wanted you to hear him say he missed the violence. He missed it. He missed it. But I also want you to see all the empty seats there, okay? That, that place was empty. Empty. This is not 2016 Donald Trump. This is Donald Trump the loser. This is Donald Trump who lost the midterms in 2018. This is Donald Trump who lost the, the, the uh, Senate. This is Donald Trump who lost the 2020 presidential. This is a loser. 
This is a loser. And I keep telling you that. And I know people are creeped out, you know, but I think you're creeped out for the wrong reasons. I think you need to be creeped out by him because he stands on stage in America and calls for violence and says he wants to immunize every police officer so that they can do whatever they need to do. He's talking about mass deportations and camps and in other civilized countries with good memories of bad history. They are out in the streets protesting people like him, but not here. That's what's so depressing. That's what's got me mad. That's what's really uncomfortable.